going to be talking a while this morning on getting a revelation of our identification. You know, when you travel, you have to have your identification with you. If you go to the airport, the first thing that they're going to ask you for is your ID. Wherever you want to go, you must have identification. And so it's true in the realm of the Spirit. We have places to go, but on our way, we must know exactly who we are and what we have and where we are in Christ Jesus. You know, the joke is told of a a guy that was driving out of the hills of Arkansas. Billy Brim has her prayer mountain in Arkansas. It's a very, very wonderful place to go and to pray, Um, but it's very rural and very, you know, kind of in the backwoods, sort of. But this guy was driving out of the hills of Arkansas, and evidently he was speeding, and so the highway patrol pulled him over and said, Got any ID? And the man looked up at him and said, About what? <laughs> so he, he, had, he had no idea of what was going on. Well, that shouldn't be said of us in the body of Christ. Now, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, it says this, Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelations of God, uh, the people perish. In other words, when there is not a revelation of our identification, we open up the door to the destroyer. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said this, that my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. This is one of the first things that I got a hold of when I first got saved back in the 70s of my identification in Christ Jesus. And I have to say that it has changed my life and it is still changing my life today. A revelation of what the Master has done for us. A revelation of what the Master will do in us. And a revelation of what the Master will do through us will change our lives forever. And I know you can say amen to that. And so we know that identity theft is a big, huge thing today. People want to steal your identity because they want to get and they want to try to steal what you have. And that is the plan. Hallelujah. Glory. That's the plan and that's the tactic of the enemy. Amen. And so our true identity then must be based on who we are in Christ Jesus. And our identity must be greater than what we do. Our identity is who we are. And many people's identity is hooked up in their past. You know, they used to do this and they used to do that. This happened to me or this happened to that person. Folks, I just got to say this. What happened to Christ in his death and in his burial and in his resurrection is greater than anything that has ever happened to you. Say with me, true identity comes from Christ Jesus. Now, I want us to look at Galatians, the second chapter, and we're going to look at verse 20, and I'm going to read it to you uh, from the NIV version, Galatians 2.20. Here's what Paul said. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and the life in the body that I live. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me.
for me. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. What does that mean when he says, I was crucified with Christ? It's no longer I that's living, but Christ that's living in me. I heard a way many years ago that T.L. Osborne put it, and I can't improve on it. T.L. Osborne said this, When Christ came into my, my life, little I moved out and big Christ moved in. We could say it this way, weak I, defeated I, sick I, poor I, cursed I, moved out, and strong Christ, victorious Christ, healed Christ, rich Christ, blessed Christ moved in. It is Christ in you, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. And this old man didn't just die. Something else happened at the new birth. This man on the inside became brand new. He became what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, a new creature. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. And notice with me this verse. It says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, say this with me, I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. I have been joined to the Lord, and I am one spirit with Him. Now notice this verse, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. The Greek word translated new there means unheard of before. It means new in quality. It means new in kind. The man in Christ, this new creation in Christ, is a new breed, if you will, or a new species that has never existed before. You and I are not just forgiven sinners. You and I are new creations with a new kind of life, with a new heart, with new eyes, with new ears. We are brand new on the inside. And because He's on the inside, it can affect our outside. Because the Spirit of Him lives in you, He can quicken your outer man. He can cause your memory to be blessed. This being a partaker of His divine nature, the life of God in you, it drives out any disease, it drives out any death, it drives out any torment. Shout at me, I'm brand new. I am a new creation. Woo, glory to God. Come on, about 10 seconds of praise. Let's go ahead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Now notice with me what the Amplified says. It says, If any man be in Christ or is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation, a new creature altogether, the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, and behold, the new and fresh has come. See, when you and I got born again, we were not remodeled. We were not refurbished. Amen. The old spiritual condition passed away. One person said it like this, a true Christian is not merely a man altered, but a man remade. 
Hallelujah. That's why some of the old cronies that you ran around with can hardly believe what you are today. Because what you are and who you are today means that you do not want to do what you did yesterday. You don't want to drink like you did yesterday. You don't want to smoke like you did yesterday. You don't want to sleep around like you did yesterday. Hallelujah. You don't want to do the funky chicken like you did yesterday because you changed partners. Jesus now is your very best friend. Come on, shout it with me. I'm brand new on the inside. Woohoo, glory. And so what this is saying to us today is our spiritual DNA has been erased. And you have a new DNA, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And there's something about this new man on the inside. When you become a new creation, you just do not want to do what you used to do. You want to do the will and the plan of God. Now that doesn't mean that we never stumble. And we never fall. But aren't you glad for 1 John 1 9? I said, Aren't you glad for 1 John 1 9? I think if I handed the mic to everybody, you could about quote it. You're very familiar with it. And if you're not, you probably need to. <laughs> Let's look at Ephesians 2 and notice with me in verse 10. This will feed you today. Now take these scriptures and make sure that you take note of them. Get the study notes next week. And just let this dwell in you. Meditate on who you are and what you have and how God sees you in Christ Jesus. He doesn't look at us according to the flesh. He looks at us through the eyes of the blood covenant. He looks at us through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we then need to see ourselves the way that He sees us. And one way that has helped me greatly to be able to see myself the way that God sees me is by praying that the eyes of my heart, my spirit man, would be enlightened. That my inner man would be flooded with light. Now we know this, that it is the entrance of His Word that give us, us light. Amen? So as we spend time in this Word... As we meditate on this word, the eyes of your heart become flooded with light. We will begin to see things we've never seen before. We'll be able to look at ourselves in a way that we never looked at ourselves before. We will no longer look at ourselves through inferiority or insecurity. We will look at ourselves through the security, hallelujah, and the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Now look at this in Ephesians 2.10. This is how the grand artist of the universe sees you and sees me. Ephesians 2 and in verse 10, it says, For we are, all of us, we are his workmanship. One translation says we are his masterpiece. Another translation says his handiwork. We are his workmanship. Created, here's that phrase again, in Christ Jesus. Whenever you see in Christ, include yourself because that's where you are. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. You've been in Christed. You've been twinned with Jesus. 
Hallelujah. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk therein. Now, the word workmanship there means it signifies a special design. It signifies a custom and tailor-made someone produced by the master's hand. It says in Psalms that you and I have been fearfully and wonderfully made. How many of you have ever read anything by C.S. Lewis? Many of you have. Listen to this quote from C.S. He says, We are a divine work of art. If Rembrandt's artistic masterpieces have great undisputed value, would not God's one-of-a-kind human masterpieces convey even greater value? God values you. We need to value ourselves. God values all of us. No matter what our background is, no no matter what our current mindset might be, God values us. And I think it's very important to remember because He values me, I have the responsibility to value you. As part of the body of Christ, we should esteem highly one another. Now that does not mean that we're always going to agree with one another. I mean, Brenda and I have been married, is it 42 years now? 43 years, see? She doesn't even agree with that. Okay. We've been married 43 years. We don't always agree on everything. But what we have done is we have chosen not to be disagreeable on what we don't agree on. Amen. So as the body of Christ, we don't have to agree on every little thing. But one thing for sure, we must value one another. And if we value one another, we will not criticize one another. If we value one another, we will not belittle one another. What we will do is we will pray for one another. The greatest service that you can do for your brother and for your sister is to pray over them. And not pray angry prayers. Oh, God, get them. They believe this way. God, just get them. Strike them with lightning. Jesus, come on. (laughs) No. Every prayer that we pray should be bathed and saturated in the love of God. And so if we value one another, we're going to esteem one another, we're going to pray for one another, and we're going to be there for one another. Hallelujah. Now this wasn't in my notes, but do you think this is half good preaching anyhow? But you you'll never value one another until you value yourself. And you'll never value yourself until you see how much God loves you and how much God values you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you're highly valued. Point to yourself and say, I'm highly valued. 
because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. Now in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, now this is from the NLT. It says, Long ago, Is that big brother watching or big sister? I don't know. Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us. This is how much he values you because he chose you. God pointed his finger at you and said, I choose you, Charles. I choose you. You are God's choice. And this happened long ago. This happened from before the foundation of the world. God chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in His eyes. Oh, I love this. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into His own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. You and I are not an accident. You and I were never, have never been an afterthought of God. We are not an accidental part of his family. We are here, come on, we are here on purpose for a purpose. COVID-19 is not going to stop this mighty moving force. Whatever's happening in the world is not going to stop God. Have you understood and do you not know that God is God and He don't ever change? And His plan and His will will be fulfilled. Woo! He that have began a good work in you, He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are here on purpose, for a purpose, for kingdom purposes. We're of the kingdom, and we should have kingdom culture, kingdom thinking, kingdom speaking, kingdom believing, and kingdom acting. Ooh, hallelujah. I feel a preach today. Hallelujah. Now look at First Peter now. Chapter nine, uh, chapter two. Now remember to mark these scriptures down. First Peter, chapter two, verse nine, says, "But you are a chosen generation. God chose you. God chose all of us. What generation are you of? Are you a boomer? Are you a millennial? Millennial." <laughs> I'm hanging around with that guy from Arkansas too much. Anyway, whatever generation you are in the natural, the main generation you are of is you're the chosen generation. You are a holy nation. And the Bible says that we are a peculiar people. Now, don't let the word peculiar throw you. The word peculiar does not mean oddballs. The word peculiar there means that we are a purchased possession. Now what for? That we should show forth the praises of Him 
who has called us out of darkness. Aren't you glad he called you out of darkness? Aren't you glad he called you out of that addiction? Aren't you glad that he called you out of that religion and self-righteousness? He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now verse 10 says this, which in time past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. Another fellow said it this way, the former nobodies are now God's somebodies. So when we know who we are in Christ, we have no insecurities. We have no inferiority complexes. A phrase that I heard many, many years ago from my friend Keith Moore, and I don't know exactly what sermon it was, but he said this of himself, and this is the way that we should look at ourselves. We're neither inferior to anyone, nor are we superior to anyone. So when this revelation of our identification becomes real to us, all of our inadequacies, all of our self-condemnation, all of our mistakes, all of those things that may be hounding us in our soul have no right to hound us anymore. Why? Because now we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now we have right standing with the Father as if sin or inferiority never existed before. Shout of me, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Are you all here today? Are you all good? If you need to get up out of the sun and go under a tree, it won't bother me at all. But I don't want to stop short of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to our hearts today. This is a feeding for your spirit man. Ephesians 1, 6 and 7 says this, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us rejected in the Beloved. No. He said, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. In who, or in Christ, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Now the word accepted there is from the Greek word chirito. I didn't say dorito, I said chirito. And that word accepted means to be highly favored. It also means to be surrounded by favor because you are deeply loved. And so what we should be believing and saying and declaring is that I am highly favored. Say that with me. I am highly favored. I am greatly blessed. And I am deeply loved. See yourself as agreeable to God. Surrounded with the favor and the blessings of God. Stop looking at your weaknesses. Many people think, well, I'm just, I'm not complete. I need to find someone to complete me. I need to find a job that will complete me. I maybe need to get more education so I can feel complete. 
But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Colossians, the second chapter, did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? Colossians 2.10 says this, and you are complete in Christ. Didn't say someday you will be when you get it all together. God says today you are complete in me. You are completely forgiven. You are completely righteous. You are completely healed. You are completely different. You are complete in Him. Woo! Glory to God. Who is the head of all principality and power? The Passion Translation says, Our completeness is now found in Him. So what does this mean to us? We don't have to look to people to complete us. As much as I love my wife and as my wife loves me, we do not complete one another. We are complete in Christ. And God has put us together as a team, not to compete, but to be a blessing to one another and to be a blessing to the body of Christ. You see, when you know that you are complete in Him, it'll change the way you think. It'll change your mindset of having tried to attain something. Christ has already attained it for you. You are here on assignment given by the head of the church. And we must not be walking around with inferiority complexes, thinking, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Can't do that. What about Philippians 4.13? He says, I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthens me. It's because you are complete in Him that you can do all things through Christ and in Christ, which will strengthen you. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Who give me just a few more moments? What about the rest of you? Thank you, Jesus. So let the revelation of your redemption be released by believing it and speaking it and acting on it. Here's what Philemon 6 says. It says that the communication of your faith might become divinely energized by you and I acknowledging the good thing which is in us which is in Christ Jesus. Here's what the Amplified says. It says, Every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus. Every good thing that is in Him is in you because you are in Christ. Think about them. Say them out loud. Acknowledge and declare, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And I can do what God says I can do. See, what identification says, and when we acknowledge this, basically we're just saying the same thing that God says about us in Christ. And your faith-filled confessions is a way to acknowledge your identify in Christ. Mark Hankins says it this way. He said, the words spoken to you must be spoken through you. Here's what Dr. Lillian B. Yeoman said. 
She said, God has man, made man's faith a determining factor in our work of redemption. And that God is looking for someone to believe him and to say the same thing. Now, many years ago, Joel Osteen wrote a great book. And the name of the book, I believe, was The Power of I Am. The Power of I Am. He said this in Proverbs 18, that death and life are where? They're in the power of the tongue. And the premise for his book was so good, I really like it. He said this, whatever follows the I am will eventually find you. He said this, whatever you follow the I am with, you're handing it an invitation, opening the door, and giving it permission to come into your life. For example, if I walk around and say, I'm so broke, I'm so much in debt, I'm inviting struggle. I'm inviting lack. But if I say God meets all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, that's not sending out the wrong invitation. That's sending out the right invitation. The blessings of God come looking for me and they'll run over me and overtake me. Your words are license for either God to work or for the enemy to work. If I walk around and say, Oh, I'm so sick. I'm so tired. I don't know whether I can make it or not. Sickness and disease comes looking for me. Fatigue comes looking for me and tries to overtake me. But if on the other hand, I say, I'm so healed. By His stripes I'm healed. If I say, thank God, I'm the redeemed of the Lord, I'm declaring it, and the joy of the Lord is my strength, I'll tell you what happens is the healing of God begins to flow. The strength of God begins to flow. See, I think sometimes we need, and I include myself in this, we need to stop sending out the wrong invitations with the words of our mouth, but we need to send, start sending out the right invitations. And the right invitations are what we have and who we are and where we are in Christ Jesus. Shout it with me. I've been identified with Jesus. So what we're saying in closing is don't invite what you don't want. My encouragement for all of us is for us to get up in the morning and invite good things into our lives. My encouragement to you today is never say negative things about yourself. But rather rise up and say this. And I want you to repeat this with me with one hand toward heaven. Say this with me. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have God's very own nature living in me. The life of God is in me. I now have eternal life the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In Christ, I'm redeemed. I'm blessed. I'm victorious. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ, I'm delivered from the power of darkness. And I'm now in the kingdom of God. In Christ, I am complete.
I am his workmanship. I am more than a conqueror. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I am healed. I am rich. I am blessed. Coming in and blessed going out. Somebody shout yes. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. In the way that your identification will become a greater revelation is by bringing it up. Bringing your faith confessions up to a new level. By meditating on what I have to say about, say about you. As you do, whoo, you'll see yourself in a different way. The very landscape of your life shall change, says the Lord, as you affirm, as you acknowledge who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, did you get anything out of this today? Let's give God praise. Lord, we worship you. We thank you and we worship you.